0: Yeah I've had something on my heart for a while And I said to Dre He says hey can I preach the first Sunday He says arm wrestle So we had this big massive arm wrestle man And you I won Yeah so, I, I get to do the, the first service back, and it's so good to be back. It's just um, really nice to be back with family, um, be back in, 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 in fellowship together. You know, you can only sort of ring or message so many people, then you sort of forget who you've messaged. But when you come here, it's just great being able to you know, give you hugs, and, and high fives, and handshakes, and, and just uh, just feel the family dynamic that's going on. I'm feeling it today, and I, I think a lot of people are feeling it actually, because, uh, you know, we've had a, had a bit of a gap. Um, for us it 's been a, a longer gap, of course, uh, for anybody that doesn 't know our journey. Um, I lost my brother on the fifth of December. I was going to be okay today until my sister in law and, and, and niece turned up <laughs> it 's good to see you here, but a hunting accident went wrong uh, it wasn 't a hunter it wasn 't a gun accident; he just fell and uh, had a bad accident, got airlifted out to uh, Dunedin uh, Hospital, ICU for two weeks, and then passed away. And so, some, a number of you know Greg, you know, he's been in here, he's come to our church, and and uh, you know, it's just, life without him leaves a big gap. But, I've got to get back in the saddle. <laughs> and so, I'm excited to be here for a few reasons. And I, I feel that Somehow, in, in, um, the, the word I had on my heart for, for in the whole situation is that unless a, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it won't sprout and grow and produce a harvest. And it's like, I'm telling you, his, his death, his life and his death is going to produce a harvest. And it's going to be through the likes of myself and the family, his friends. And so, um, so today, you know, I come, I have a little bit more passion going on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, kids, youth, you know, it's, this is for you too. It's like, I, I just, we're intergenerational. You know, I, I don't think that we want you know, to, I'm just sort of major on you've got to be adult to be in love with Jesus and have a relationship with him. It's wherever you're at and whatever age you are. And so I want to speak to us all as a big family this morning. And I, and I want to I, I bring a challenge. Because, you know, life is too short to stuff around with. And it's like, you know, you know we, we think we've got many, many years. Well, well I've just experienced something and I realised that things can get cut short real quick. And so let's make the most of this time. So I, I believe it's time for, for the churches, not only our church, but the churches in the world, to rise above the situation that we find ourselves in and actually be really cutting edge in this world. Where, where the world comes to and, and society comes to the church for the answers and for the truth and for the life. And I, I, I was just thinking, I, I just love being a Christian. I love it, you know. And I, you get people that sort of knock you. Oh, you're a Christian. You're a bit weird. And it's like, I love my life. I mean, I just in 24 hours, I talked to to someone who had lost their husband. Straight after that, I talked to someone whose nephew tried to commit suicide. And this guy is sitting there crying on my picnic table, saying, "I don't know what to do, Lyndon." Then I was talking to another guy whose marriage is in disarray, and and he's going through a divorce. A Christian guy. And then I was talking to a neighbor who's got a beef with another neighbor. And I thought, all that is, is, is such a waste of time. And I mean, I mean we got to what is our focus? Our focus has to be God. And, 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 and where our energy goes is God. Because God, he, he overrides all that stuff. And he, he um, brings relationships in order. He brings life where life is needed. He, he, he deals with depression and, and anxiety and burnout. You know, God deals with all this stuff. And so in all this here, I, I feel that it's time for us to rise up into what God has for us. And 2021 is, is you know, we say, hey, I'm oh, looking forward to 2021. 2020 was horrible. And COVID and that, hey, look, we're starting this year worse than we did last year. Worldwide, we are worse situation. We only have to have one outbreak of COVID of the new strain in the society. We're going to get locked down into another lockdown. And, and, you know, we don't know when that's coming, so let's make the most of what we've got right now because we don't know how, long, how much time we've got. And are we in, in birth pangs of end times? I think so. Okay, I'm not stressing about that. I, I see some people get really stressed about that. Don't stress about it. You know, it's like, oh, we can't have Donald Trump not being president because, you know, uh, the one world new order and one cash of society is going to happen, and we get all stressed about it. It's like, it's like, let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back to Jesus' time. Judas was on the team. Oh, he can't be on the team. He's going to betray Jesus, and Jesus is going to die. That's a really bad thing. Let's stop it. Get Judas off the team. God has a timeline. It's written in the Bible. Let's go with God's timeline. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. God is in control. Okay, with that, I'm going to preach. (laughs) There we go. Okay, this morning what I want to speak about is the better part. And uh, I want to introduce you to a family. And this family is probably aware of. It has three siblings. The first one's Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha. Mary uh, anointed Jesus' feet for his, for the, for his uh, burial. And then Martha was the one that Jesus said, Martha, Martha, why are you so worried about busy and doing all that sort of stuff? And so they've got two sisters. But there's another part of the family. And that's their brother Lazarus. And we see that later on in the scripture where um, the brother Lazarus is uh, sick. And they say, Jesus, come and uh, heal my brother Lazarus. And so to just make it so that it makes sense um, to fill you in, I just want to read, read a couple of scriptures, then I'll, we'll get, in, get underway. But it says this, as Jesus and his disciples... Yeah, we're on, on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Can you tell her to help me? And then Jesus says to Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So there's Martha and Mary. And John 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and his sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the the Lord with her fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. And in verse 11, it says, These things he said, that after he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. So here's the three. We've got two sisters and a brother, and they're all quite different in their relationship with God. So what I want to do this morning is I want to set up a picture. And so I need four people. This is like a role play. So um, I, I, want to, I want to set this up so that all the words that I say this morning, I don't care if you forget every single one of them. But when you look at this picture, you will remember what I've said this morning, all right? So the first thing, the first thing I need is someone to represent Jesus. <laughs> and everybody goes, not me. <laughs> but I've already chosen, I've pre-chosen Peter. Peter James. I had to pick someone that's really godly, someone that was young, had passion and energy. So... This is this is Jesus. This is Jesus. All right, so so we have Jesus in the situation, but then we have someone else, and this is like a a friend of Jesus. And that's Lazarus is like a friend. He, he doesn't. He's not. You're not seeing him as a disciple or anything. In that scripture I read, it said, um, our, uh, "The one who you love, Jesus, is sick," and then. Later on, you see Jesus say to his disciples, My friend, our friend Lazarus, our friend Lazarus is sick. And so I thought, well, I have to get one of these people that's like a really good friend. Someone who's not in the limelight, someone who's just a great friend. And I pre picked this person too. Stefan. Where is he? Oh, you're kidding me. Who's the next best friend here of everybody? Who, who, now I've got to really think about this. Justin. Yeah. Man, the connections and the friendships you have is awesome. So now you are a friend. So Justin is the friend of Jesus. Now, because he's not doing ministry or anything, you know, just whack the top off there and get into it. Just relax, brother. Because you're just chilling. Jesus is doing the ministry. You're just there and just enjoy it. Okay, and so... So really, we need someone to represent Martha, who's a real servant in the, in the, in the church. And, and again, pre-picked, uh, Nikki. Okay, Nikki, you just come over here and you offer Jesus a grape or two. He may not accept them because he's busy ministering, so just stand here. Stand there, yeah. Okay, Jesus is going to have a grape. And then, so you've got your friend... You've got your, 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 your serving person. And then I thought, well, you've got the last person, Mary. And that's the one, the worship, the worshiper. And because this is not going to be awkward, I'm just going to pick the best worshiper in the church. And Andre just looked at her. Susie, come on. And this is not awkward because you're sitting at your husband's feet. So it just makes it a little bit. Yeah, So, so you get there and you just, you, just, you just massage his feet if he likes a bit of a tickle there. All right, so, so here's the picture. This is what's, what, I, what I see happening in this. This family had different ways of ministering to Jesus. And so, what I want you to do now, and you never do this in church, normally you put your phones away, but today, take your phones out. Okay, Justin, can we just, I mean, can you just, Lazarus, bring your chair over a wee bit more? Just, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful beauty, beauty. That's great. It's excellent. Enjoy that Coke, too, because Jesus is ministering. Okay, everybody get your phone out. Now take a picture of that scene. So make sure it's a good one. Zoom in. Wait till the phones come down. So get those phones out. They're a good-looking bunch. And you know what? You know, you, you pick people sometimes for this sort of thing because actually what I've picked you for is actually on your lives anyway. And it's, it's really outstanding. So you all got that picture? Don't be shy. Because remember, if you forget every single word that I say today... This is the one thing that you will remember. Somebody put it up on Facebook for me. That'll be great, because the people that aren't here today will think, what the hang has been going on in church while we've been away? Okay, you got that good shot? You're all happy? Yep, boy, some intentional shots here. This is great. Come on. Yeah, keep on smiling, Jesus. Great, okay. Okay. Okay, thanks guys. Um, yeah, you can go and take your seats again. Um, Lazarus, you enjoy the, the Coke because you've already opened it. So, uh, Yeah, can you put it back over there? That'd be great, thank you. Oh, it's, it's okay. Okay, all right, so that gives you a pretty good picture straight away. You're not going to forget that now, are you? Okay, so the, the three things I want to talk about today are friendship, serving, service, and worship. And these this family did it. Now, friendship. We all need ministry friendships. And, okay, here's, here's a picture here. You might notice a couple of people in this picture. Anybody notice anybody in this picture? So we've got Cor on the left there, and we've got Jared Van Burkle in the middle. That photo was taken probably six or seven years ago. And yet we don't know who we're going to align with, you know, cause now in this church with us. And, you know, it's exciting to have him as part of our team. And then Jared has actually moved into our, our movement as well. And he's at um, at uh, Activate there at Sockburn. And so, you know, I'm still journeying with two of these guys. The other one was a youth leader in our church that we took on this trip. And I, I know him well. And we, we did a lot a lot of journeying with him from uh, as a youth into leadership and to ministry. And it's like... Friendship is important. So we all need ministry friendships. We all need uh, ministry friendships. I heard um, a pastor say to me once, oh, Lyndon, when you're a pastor or a head senior pastor, and that it's really lonely at the top. And it, it's like, what? And then John Maxwell, I was listening to his um, leadership um, uh, laws, and he said, the only reason it's lonely is at the top is because you have failed to take people with you. And I thought it's so true. He says, if you are a leader and you look behind and no one's following you, he says, all you're doing is taking a walk. And I thought, that's so true. So, you know, I don't feel lonely at the top. Do you feel lonely, Dre? We've got each other. Yeah. But ministry friendships are vital. Um, You know, talking about Mother Greg, I had this, yeah, it gets real, doesn't it, Julie? It gets real. He he wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an elder. He wasn't in senior leadership in the church. He wasn't um, a home group leader all the time or a a men's group leader all the time. He wasn't on the worship team. But I tell you what, he knew how to do friendship. And the people that came up to me and the family afterwards, and just telling and recounting stories of how Greg um, was part of their lives, how much they loved him, how much their kids loved him, how much he impacted them—it's like like he knew how to do friendship. And so for us, you know, when we come to a family situation and a church situation, um, we, we need friendships. When, we, when we're do- doing our leading, doesn't matter if connect groups or worship team or, or hospitality or whatever it is, we need ministry friendships because that helps us get through. That helps us keep strong. That helps us minister and, and, and be encouraged. You know, I need, like being away from you guys, it's like, man, I, 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 I want to get back just because I just enjoy your encouragement. You know, it's been a bit of a hard time, but when I come back, it's like I feel encouraged again, and it's good to be back. Who are you taking on the journey? And that's, that's the big question, and this is a challenge today. Who are you taking on the journey? You say, oh, but I haven't got any leadership position. Leadership positions, I would give away all my leadership position in order to do what Greg did. Just get around and take people out. He'd take people snowboarding, mountain biking. He'd take them to his place, have a meal, play basketball. He'd go hunting in the hills with them. And all these people have story after story after story of how Greg encouraged them in their walk with God. You think, but he did all those outside things. He used that as a vehicle to connect with people and bring them to a place of connection with God. I'd give it all up for that. You can have what I've got. Because it's hard sometimes. Second thing is uh, that others see that we are friends with Jesus. You know, it's, it's like, if you had those friends that are, i, I, got, I got a friend who's fairly full on, and I was at a wedding one day. Actually, it was Corinne Renee's wedding. I'm using Corinne Renee today. And that one, this friend of mine said to me, with, with this scowl on his face, he says, who is that guy? And the guy he was talking about is my friend. Yeah, he's hard work, but it's like, I had a moment, I was thinking, do I say, oh, he's just a guy that I know? Or do I say, oh, he's a friend of mine? And so I ended up saying, he's a friend of mine. You know, sometimes we can be embarrassed with our friends. I got another friend who is so socially awkward and, and, um, and insecure that it's like, I don't like being around him. People look at me and go, well, that's your sort of friendships. But it's like, I care about the guy. But sometimes we're a bit like that with Jesus. You know, it's like, oh, you go to church. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I'm a little bit, you're committed. No, 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 I just go when I want to go. You don't have to go. And it's like, we have to, um, we've, got to we've got to show Jesus. People got to see that we are friends with Jesus. How do we show that? And the third thing is our story and our testimony needs to be seen, and it needs to be heard. Now you think, what does that look like? Here, this is what this looks like. Okay, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many Jews went away and believed in Jesus. And here's my point. When we're friends with Jesus, we we journey with Jesus, we have a story, we have a testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives. People come to see us now. Jesus is not with us in the physical. They came to see Jesus, but they also came to see Lazarus saying, were you really dead? He says, man, I was three days, I stunk. I, I really smelled. You think I wasn't dead? You go and ask the people that rolled that rock back. I was dead properly. And yet yet we have a story, we have a testimony that needs to be shared with the people that we're doing life with. I had someone say to me last week, you really love the church, don't you? I said, yeah, I do. And it's like sometimes we love the church so much we don't get outside the walls of the church. So I I said to this person, I said, actually, I do love the church with a a whole lot of passion. I'm a pastor, I I have to. But also I do love my neighbours. I love my community. I love those people outside of church. I have conversations with people and, and connections with people that you guys don't see. And so you think, oh, he's just a pastor. He does all this stuff in his church. Oh, no, I do stuff outside. I'm a farmer also. And so I have contacts, and I, I speak into people's lives. People know that I'm a Christian. And, you know, we do life just knowing that, you know, I am showing Jesus wherever I go. So how effectively are you sharing your story? Another challenge. How effectively are you sharing your story? Our story needs to be shared. We're living in a, in a crazy world at the moment. And there's a lot of upset people. It's a good time to share the story of Jesus when there's people that aren't happy about what's happening in society. Okay, the second thing is Martha. And this is service. Hospitality is a significant ministry. Hosting, being friendly. You know, in a church situation, your own own family situation, your own home and that, when someone comes into your home, how do you treat them? Oh, you're here. Do you have to be here? What time are you going? Okay, we'll have tea at 6 o'clock. Can you be gone at quarter to 7? You know, how are we doing hospitality? See, I I just believe that, you know, we have a hospitality gift on our church, on our people. But the thing is, let's not just relax there. Let's take it up a level or two. Let's actually get more more intentional about um, welcoming people and, and loving people and inviting people to our places and to into events and doing things. Let's let's take it to a whole nother level. Jesus didn't say to Martha that what she was doing in service was a bad thing. She didn't say, Oh Martha, that is just she just you just missed the point. What you're doing is useless, you know. She says, Mary has chosen the better thing. The better thing. So service is a part of life. How many have been involved in, you know, kids' sports or school where you're you're taking cars of kids, you're helping his parent help, you're you're refereeing the soccer or coaching the rugby or on the committee for for something in the community or in basketball, I was on the committee there for a while. You know, I didn't get paid for that stuff. It was just my service to the community and to the people that were helping with our kids' sports and things that you would volunteer. We come into church and think, huh, I could take a break. I could take a break. Yeah, it's all covered. And it's like, no, 2021 is a season and a year for us to step up to the plate, to step up into what God wants on our lives. You know, what you're doing at whatever level you're doing, let's take it up a few levels. Let's actually get really involved. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just, it's not time to mess around. Hospitality, hosting, significant ministry. The second thing, oh, that, sorry, I did the second thing is, yep. Serving and service is a normal part of life. That's the community thing. So I know one thing. I was talking to a pastor friend just recently, and he said, when people in significant places of leadership or serving in a church, if they stop doing that, he says, what inevitably happens is that you'll see them drift out of church. Now, I'm not targeting anybody. I'm not trying to say, hey, I have notice that you haven't been at church lately. I'm saying this, and I'll I'll quantify it by saying, when Calf and I left our last church, we'd got out of all leadership and serving positions. And when they were asking for volunteers in areas, we didn't feel to connect with anything. And so when we left the church, it was easy to leave because we weren't connected. I was preaching, and that was about all I was doing. And and when we left, it didn't leave a gap. It didn't leave the hole that it would have if we'd been you know, leaders, elders and youth leaders and connect group leader. And So when we left, it was very easy. So I can see how it is. If you're not connected in, if you're not actively involved, it's very easy to come and go as you please and eventually... If you want to, drift on out. And the third thing is service and serving leads into ministry. You know, when, when the disciples were getting overwhelmed with um, serving the tables and things, they said, hey, this is, this is nuts. We're doing all the ministry and we're doing all the serving. They said, let's choose seven people to do the serving and serve the tables and, and make sure everything's happening. And so they went out and they chose just a few random people on the streets and said, hey, you got a job? No, I'm unemployed. Yeah, you are good. You're good. You know who they chose? They chose the people that were way overqualified. They, they chose the ones that had their lives in order, that were great husbands to their wives, great fathers, had personal discipline in their lives. They chose ones that had relationship with God to serve the tables. And you think, if you're going to get anywhere in ministry – it's like climbing a ladder. What rung do you start on? You start on the bottom rung, all right. Serving tables for these guys led into ministry. We hear about Philip and and uh, Stephen with the two that we hear. You know, Philip goes and becomes like a um, like a uh, missionary, and um, Stephen was martyred. We'll just go across that one fairly quickly. So, great ministries to have, and then. Luke 16.10 it summarizes it nicely. Whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. What little are you sitting on? Because if you start doing your best with the little, God will trust you with much. Service comes out of the heart. Right? You're connected with your heart, and then you will give willingly out of that. The third thing. Mary. Now, she's the worship. Or response one. And she chose the better part. You know, it's all happening. Jesus in the house. Everybody's being ministered to. And it's like, oh, we've got to get some you know, crackers and cheese, some grapes out. And she sits at Jesus' feet. She chose the better part. The, 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 the choice word there is chose. She chose to put herself in that place of just worshipping and loving on Jesus. The second thing she did, it's a place of vulnerability. She, in this scripture here, says, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet with Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. That is incredibly vulnerable. How many of you ladies, with your long hair, would like to come up and wash Andre's feet? No one's offering, eh? You should have had this shower, have you? Dang, that is such a vulnerable position to be in. But you know what? She didn't care to sit at the feet of a man amongst all these other people and wash his feet and then and with oil and then wipe them with the hair. That is vulnerability at the max. And it says at the end of that same verse, it says, and the house was filled with fragrance, the fragrance of oil. Now, worship brings a presence into the house. When we as a people start responding to God, it brings a presence. And that presence is what we want because that presence breaks chains off lives. It changes lives. It, it saves lives. It, it goes out from the place and actually it, it impacts the community around you. And so we want the fragrance of Jesus to come off us outside. And the third thing, there's a cost. It says that she got costly oil. She didn't just go to the old pantry and get the canola oil. That'll do. I'll throw that on his feet. It was so costly that Judas looked at it and says, oh, we could sell that and we could help the poor, feed the poor. And and it it was a cost. It cost her a lot. It cost her her pride. It was sacrifice. It was humility. It was a focus and an energy on Jesus. And it didn't matter what anybody else did. No, I didn't see in that scripture that anybody else did that. It was just her. And then Jesus says, let her alone. You know, when they started sort of criticizing her, they said, leave her, leave her be. She is anointing me for my burial. And she had one of the most important jobs on earth and she was sitting at Jesus' feet just worshiping. She prepared him for his burial. What job has God got for you to do that's preparing for something in the future as well? Okay, I'm going to wrap it here. Can the, band, the worship team come up? Can you get your phones out again? Those that took a photo? Get the phones out. And I want you to study the photo for a second. Okay, you found those photos? Okay, you're all having a good look at the photo. I've got a question for you. What is the most obvious thing about the photo that you're looking at? Okay, are you considering it? Focused on him? Anybody else? What are you saying? Can't hear. I'll just say yes. What do you notice in that picture? When I, when I thought of that picture then, when I did it here, I, I could see very clearly, like, Andre was onto it, because he's the pastor, he gets paid to be onto it. Jesus is in the centre. He's in the centre of all those things. He's in, this, in the centre of friendship, service and worship. And so when he's in the centre, all these things are around him. And so when Jesus is in the centre of our church and in our fellowship, Jesus should be the centre, and we all are around him. And so here's my, um, my, my challenge today. And we're going to um, sing the song in a minute. And it's the blessing. What brings a blessing into a place is when we are in a great place with God, when we're doing what God wants us to do. But my challenge is this. Are you friends with Jesus? How's your friendship with Jesus? Do people see that you're friends with Jesus this year? Let's let people see our friendship with Jesus. Are you serving? You see, you are not serving because we need you to serve. You are serving because it's good for you. It's good for you to be involved. It's good for you to be active. It's good for you to do your bit. It's not what we want. We love it. We appreciate it. But for sure. But this is for you. God will take you to places because you put your position yourself in a position of, hey, God, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Then God will take you from that place to another place. And what's our worship like? You know, often it's easy to not worship. It's easy to, oh, I don't feel like it. But, you know, I don't know if Mary thought about it, but she just went there. No, she thought about it. She had oil with her. She thought about it. She was intentional. And, and sometimes we need to come into it doesn't matter if it's church come into our home environment when our, our worship time or our, our quiet time with God or come into our connect group meeting that we are intentionally bringing worship with us see, I, I have to work on that one myself too I'm an active listener and worshiper I love doing all that stuff when I'm doing stuff I just need to actually do what Mary did and just sit at Jesus' feet for a bit and I think a lot of us are the same we just need to sit at Jesus' feet for a while and bring the presence of God in and around our lives and then we'll say hey why didn't I do this years ago Twenty twenty one, we can change things. We do not know what's got what's ahead for this year, and it's probably going to be disrupted. But I tell you what, our relationship with God can go from here to here if we make that choice. Can we stand, please? We're going to sing the song. This is a powerful song. It's a powerful song, and as, as we sing the song, I just believe there's a there's a, a power and a, and a truth in it that we can step into. And this morning, you know, I I just, this is for you young ones up the back and your kids around the place, you know, do you want more Jesus in your life? Because He's the only one that matters. Nothing else actually matters. And so as we're singing the song this morning, you know, we just, just invite you to respond. Mary responded. And so this morning, you know, I believe we've been away for quite a while and I know that some of the words that I said might have been like, oh, oh, that's a bit convicting. Well, good. If that's convicting, that's fantastic. It's like it somehow I have a resolve in my life not to stuff around. And so let's just respond. So this morning, if you, you if you want to say, hey, God, I want to step my game up in worship. I, I, I want to step my game up in friendship. I want to step my game up in serving. I just want, I'll just invite you to come up here and just respond to God. Just Fill up all this carpet space around the edges. I don't care where you stand, anywhere. Start of 2021, let's make a declaration how we're going to do this year and how we're going to finish this year out. And it's going to be at a level that is way above what we have done before. Can we sing this song? Thank you, Michaela.